listen to your youth. I think that's so important. They'll tell you what they're into if you give them the time of day. But if you stop and close it down and they're like, oh, I don't want to hear about that or, oh, just, just not right now. And I'm, I'm too big. Like, they'll never tell you anything about what's happening within their lives or what they're interested in. So I would just say, listen, you got two ears, one mouth, use them proportionally. As adults, we tend to, to use our mouth a lot. We're not really listening, it seems like, as adults anymore to our youth. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts. Jill and Mary, social emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What's the Lesson? We are your hosts, Jill and Mary. I'm sitting next to my biz bestie and really just my bestie in life, Mary. <laughs> How's it going, sister? Oh, it's going well. A little flustered today with all of the things, <laughs> but that is so relatable. So I don't want to glaze over it, but I don't <laughs> want to dive too deep into it. What I want to talk about is the fact that we have started putting out a Friday email around our podcast. So more of our audience knows that we actually do a podcast and Jill opens it up with what's up lessonators <laughs> and I just think that's so funny because we are punny people yes. and we want our voice to come through in all we do and if we make a reference to Warren G in our email sequences to you please laugh with us Thank because you. that that's what it is so I, I want to open up the podcast just by saying what's up lessonators what's up lessonators <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening in. We have these really cool conversations about things that happen to us in life. And instead of thinking they happen to us, we flip the script. We want you to see them as happening for you. And we have these really cool guests that come on and dive into their background and the work that they do. And it's really spiraled into just a really cool medium for us to be able to share our voice, what we're doing day to day and then the people that we're rubbing elbows with. So thanks for tuning in. Wherever you are, we appreciate you. Yeah, and we are going to refer you as Lessonators from here on out. From here on out. So <laughs> speaking of Lessonators, our guest today, I mean, man, I don't even know when it was. It had to be a year and a half, two years ago at this point. No, I don't think it was 2020. I think it was 2021 that we met this particular person. And you'll hear a lot of people from this organization on our podcast because they're such an integral part of our journey. So I don't know where you are, but if you're driving, please don't put your hands together. If you're not driving, please put your hands together for Zion Givens. What's up? He goes by Z. How you doing? And we equally love his energy. Z, what is happening, my friend? Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be part of the podcast and see the homies. You know what I'm saying? It's really exciting to, to be back and seeing you guys' faces. I wish we were in person, but it's okay. We're making it happen. And that's what the we that's are. the goal of today's podcast. Is that we were just talking about that off pod. We're talking about today, we're just gonna roll with it. We're just gonna roll with it. And this is the the cards that were dealt. So we're gonna we're just make it happen. We're gonna keep dealing. We're gonna do it a hundred percent. And I Amen. even think that's our first lesson is like letting go of control of how it should be or the expectations that we place around things. And when things don't go your way, I know Mary started the podcast off with like, we're a little flustered. It's like, okay, release the flusteredness and the whatever other feelings come with it. And there is such beauty around rolling with it and being in flow and all of that. It's a lot easier said than done, but definitely in this moment, that's what we're practicing. So lesson yeah. number one, rolling with it. 
Roll I was about to say, Mary, Mary was looking out over on the side. She was like, okay, we're just going to roll with it. Okay, this is just flusterness, whatever. All right, we'll just put on a smile and put on big, brave hats, and we'll, we'll just keep doing it, like we said. It's just said and done, but we're making it happen. Amen. Well, and one of those great lessons in that is that you don't have to let your flusteredness spill into the rest of your day, right? I love thinking of life as either a football game or a basketball game in the sense that you've got quarters or halves, right? If Q1 sucked, I mean, you can't carry Q1 energy through Q2, 3, and 4. It's going to ruin the entire game for you, right? You have to be able to compartmentalize what's going on in your life yeah. if you are going to be successful throughout your day. And a lot of the times, I think it's mirrored to us that our whole days down the toilet in the trash if something bad happens right it's the common question of did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed mm -hmm. right that yeah. just sets the tone and you carry that tone throughout your day if you're not careful and or aware so i mean this podcast is already starting out fire with these little takeaways yeah totally. I, I love the sports analogies we can keep rolling with the sports analogy. i think one of the things that oh. helped me throughout my life was just next play Right. Like you can't keep dwelling Ooh, yeah. on the last play that you maybe missed the layup, missed the goal, missed whatever. You're like, you've got to hustle back on defense. Come on now. Like next play. Like you can be down about it. Feel the feelings. Let it happen. Be like, all right, I effed up. OK, but what can I do now to bounce back? You know what I'm saying? Or this ha didn't happen the way I envisioned it. But what can I do to bounce back? Right. And I think that segues mm -hmm. perfectly into today's conversation. And uh, we didn't even get a, they didn't really know who I am or what I do, though. So I think we we didn't. <laughs> and I was I was just going to say that in my head, I was going through the Rolodex of the calendar and I feel like it was February of 2021. And don't quote me on this. Anybody looking back in the archives, I'm going to fact check myself. But I feel like it was February 2021 where we came in to Not My Kid for an update on Botvin's life skills. And Z Gives, our man, was in the room taking the same training because he works with and for the incredible organization y'all should know and love just as much as us as Not My Kid. So Z, will you tell us a little bit about how you came in contact with with not my kid what drew you to the work that they're doing and we'll take it from there yeah so uh that's a great segue into this conversation we were talking about just in my life at that time it was what i think you, you said 2021 right so this is after yeah. pandemic Mm -hmm. I was doing acai bowls. I was working in Tucson. I was born, I'm born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. So uh, I just moved out of my parents' house. I came back from college. I was like, yo, you know what? I don't think this college lifestyle is really for me. And then luckily the pandemic happened. And I say luckily in a sense that I was able to benefit from having that break and that pause of life, where it seemed like just life just hit that pause button for me to really just gather myself and figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And with that, uh, I landed a job at the acai bowl shop called uh, Barry Divine, not sponsored, not yet, but we're going to make that happen. For <laughs> working for it. <laughs> we're working for some Barry Divineness. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to make that happen soon. But uh, working at Barry Divine, I remember waking up every morning and I was like, ah, like, this is cool. Like, I, I like how my homies worked there. It was fun. It was a lively environment. But I was like, am I doing anything with purpose? Like, sure, I'm making these acai bowls for people in the morning and they're excited to get their acai bowl and I serve it with a smile, you know what I'm saying? A little wink. And But <laughs> was, was that enough? Was that filling my cup up? And uh, the answer, the short answer was definitely not. You know what I mean? It wasn't filling my cup up. And also financially, living on my own, trying to make it happen. It just wasn't helping my, my financials as well. So I had to do door dashing on the side, Uber Eats. So I was hustling all pandemic and through the closures. And then my dad has a nonprofit organization out in Tucson called LPKNC. And he was like, yo, Z, I got this grant for about six months. Like, and I don't want to really recruit. I think, you know, because you were born in this and I think you can do this, this grant for me. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. I mean, it's exciting to be able to see somebody build their business and then have you be an employee under them, and especially somebody who's your pops. And you're like, you saw all the things that happen of like making a business happen. So it was just amazing. It was like a full circle moment for us to be working together. And it was weird. And could we have Zoom calls? And I'd be like, Dad, I mean, Jamal, Jamal, yeah, Jamal. Uh, so, <laughs> sir, sir, yeah, mister. Mister. Yeah, yeah, so, so. Um, are you saying that he got a grant to build what is now known as and operating as his nonprofit in Tucson? 
Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. So I got to be, I got to go under that grant and help him out. And then I was really itching to get back out to Phoenix. Really, really itching. I don't know. The Phoenix, the Phoenix bug got me because I was out in ASU for a while doing school, but I was really like, Tucson's okay. It's not right. You know, but when you're born and raised there, you feel like you outgrow the space. So I was like, I need to get okay. out to Phoenix. So, um, Ted Huntington came down to do a training for us. Anybody that's familiar with Chandler uh, probably is familiar with Ted Huntington. He has a, a Thrive curriculum that he it's a social emotional learning curriculum and substance use prevention curriculum as well. And I was like, yo, after this training, I was like talking to Ted. I was like, hey, do you have any like job openings for your organization? He's like, yo, actually, I don't, but I filed for this grant. And if I get it, I should know by tomorrow and I'll let you know and I'll give you a call. And I was like, okay. All right, this is exciting. I'll be able to get out of here. My grant was ending the closing with my dad. So I was like, all right, this is good news. Ted ends up calling me the next day and was like, hey, I didn't get the grant, but I did give your name to Cynthia Martinez at Not My Kid. And let me know how to, I'll do an email introduction for you guys to meet and let's see where that goes. And I was like, okay. And first off, like every, every time somebody hears Not My Kid, they're always like, what is, what does the that name? mean? Yeah. Yeah, what, right? what, yeah. Where did that come from? What, like, what where, is it? Exactly. I'm like, so you were telling me to work with an organization called not my kid. Okay. Whatever. So Cynthia sends me this email and she's like, it's like a zoom call of, it says Z meet and greet. I'm like, all right, cool. Meet and greet. I'm just going to meet them. See what's up. See what's happening. And uh, <laughs> I end up going on this zoom call, not knowing that a uh, meet and greet nowadays means interview. You know what I'm saying? A, I mean, a job interview. Yeah, we're, we're interviewing. So uh, we're having a great time on this call. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. We're just talking about nonsense, but talking about some business stuff as, as well. And uh, we get off the call and Cynthia calls me and she's like, hey, how soon can you get up to Phoenix? We want to we want to hire you right now. Starting position, salary pay. Da, da, da. And I was like, whoa what happened like i'm like in my i'm in my dad's office like his his work office taking this interview and i'm like did i just mess up like you know what i mean like is that disrespectful to do that in your uh, former employer's uh, office and uh we had a whole conversation and my dad was like i told him what they were offering me and my dad was like yo i can't even counter offer bro he's like as a as a boss i'm pissed <laughs> off but uh as your yeah. father you got to do what you got to do man and get out to phoenix so Help me out, pack up my stuff, headed to Phoenix. We were there for a while, just moving there, just living there, trying to figure it out. We were doing all the virtual programming. And that's when I met Jill and Mary when we got into the, the uh, was it 2020? I feel like it was 2020. It, it was, be. no, it was July of 2021. I looked it up fact check? Um, okay. because okay. I did fact check. Did. Um, because that. we did our initial Botvin's life skills training with, Geronda in December of 2020. So we wouldn't have, okay. and, and it was virtual. So we needed to re-up and we came back in and it was July of 2021. We yeah, met okay, wow. you. Oh, I know. So that's great. Not my kid. The name really is Stark. And for anybody who doesn't know on this episode, what Not My Kid is, it's a local nonprofit to the Phoenix Scottsdale area. They serve the greater Arizona area. I mean, Z, we'll get into it, travels a ton, but they really focus on prevention and intervention, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and violence. So generally what we have noticed in terms of their employees is they have some sort of connection to drug violence, alcohol abuse, any of that. So you kind of just stumbled upon them based on a the chance connection. Yeah, yeah. The experience of what you were doing with your dad, which Z, I didn't know your story. Oh, this is yeah. the first time that I've heard kind of how you came to meeting us for the first time. And I just love that, you know, you had to make some money. So you said, cool, I'm going to go work at this acai shop, but you had a ping or a feeling quickly around, man, this is not purposeful. Right. And I just want to call that out because so many people ignore those feelings mm -hmm. and stay in dead end jobs for i mean far too long <laughs> far too long so yeah. i think it's really cool just to highlight that because i'm sure within this conversation we'll bring it back around around how you got the skills and the knowledge of who you are today because your dad i know your dad is such a integral part of your upbringing 
and I know it was how you were raised too, in order to do the work that you're doing. And your dad is such a, a light worker mm -hmm. in the city of Tucson. We've had the privilege and the honor of speaking with him too. So anyway, not to go off on a, on a different tangent, but I want to just kind of dog ear that call out around. I'm proud of you for saying like, mm -hmm. there's something more and that maybe that other next opportunity you were like oh that would be so cool and that opportunity turned into a different opportunity so like it also shows like you got to keep going mm -hmm. just because one opportunity didn't open for you doesn't mean that you can't continue like how cool of you to say hey cool meet and greet i'm gonna show up i wonder if ted would have said you're gonna do an interview or if cynthia even posed it as you're in like we're doing an interview I wonder if that would have turned you away. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe not. Yeah. But cool that you you followed you the call to it. You followed sure. the call to do it anyway. Yeah, I think if they put an interview on there, I definitely would have. I don't think I would be my true authentic self. You know, when right? you do an interview, you're like, oh, let me get a little <laughs> suit and tie and let me figure it out. But it was just so natural and authentic just to be there and meeting yeah. me and just being myself. So no, I think I think you're 100 right. Yeah. So tell us what you do now. You've been with the organization for a year and a half coming up on two three years coming, two oh three years. coming up two, on two, two years okay. coming up on two okay. yeah two years when we first met i was a prevention specialist i was it was amazing that was just me being heavy on uh deliveries uh service just being able to deliver services out in, in programs and i was doing that maybe five days a week just being out in schools and classes and assembly style presentations talking about the wide range of topics that we have at not my kid from anywhere from self-esteem and self-image to substance use to vaping and cannabis to team mental health. I was uh, the master of all of them. I was able to go in there and uh, deliver a presentation and just help and uh, try to get uh, the, the youth voices heard and uh, have somebody that they can listen or just get information from. So when I was heavy on delivery. Now, since now we're in year two, I was blessed enough to get a promotion when not my kid and now working as the youth prevention team lead. It's a mouthful, but we just call me the team lead of prevention. And now my role is a little bit different. I'm not so much heavy on the direct service side right now. I'm heavy more on the content development. So everything that you see being put out by not my kid on the youth component and the youth side is coming from my brain and coming from the voices of our teammates in our department. So I'm just able to slap that together and hopefully it's impactful. And I've been doing that for uh, now seven months, being able to do the, the content developing. It's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun to be able to get into that creative side because I love being creative. I love trying to stay with it. I think one of the unique aspects that I bring to uh, Not My Kid is the youthfulness. Not saying that everybody in there's old heads and that they don't know what's going on, but it's more, <laughs> more about more about the lingo, more about the style, more about the trending topics that are happening within the youth's lives right now. So I'm able to kind of keep a good pulse. I don't know when I'm going to phase out of that and I'm going to be like 30 and be like, oh, I don't know if I'm. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 <laughs> shots oh, fired. Oh, 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 I, I taught know. you I something new today. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm you were talking I don't about know. social media, you know, and I taught you about lemonade. So sure I don't, did. I don't know that you ever have to quote unquote age out of it. Obviously, you do. You're very unique in your delivery and your style and the way that you connect with these kids. You're up on music. You, I mean, it, it's been cool to watch you go into schools and organizations and deliver these talks because I can imagine that the kids just think you're so cool, right? Mm -hmm. Our cool factor is still there, but we got to work for it a little bit. You know, <laughs> I make sure to wear my Jordans in school because I know that kids will, will want to relate to that. Right. Mm -hmm. I tend to pull up my sleeve so they can see my tattoos because mm -hmm. that is a conversation starter. And when you can start a conversation, you can see walls going down. So I don't necessarily think that you have to age out of it at any time. I think you're always going to be a kid at heart. That is your youthful spirit, but you're right in terms of what it allows you to do in your relationships with the kids you come across. 
Right. I agree. I, I love that. That was really tasteful. I love how she said that. That's amazing. Yeah. So what, what Mary said, I second that. <laughs> well, honey, I mean, I'm sitting here at 35. Joe's 36. Like I got a leg up of all y'all. Right. Like it's funny to be in this position because we work in an industry that includes quite a few therapists and psychiatrists. And typically when you think of that profession, it is elder, right? It is a little bit on the older side. And, you know, it's been cool to see this work from our point of view, because we do feel like we have more of a space to connect with them. Because I mean, we're millennials, Gen Z, you know, we're beefing all the time on social media, but we share a lot of the same experiences in terms of how we were brought up and what we were brought up with. I mean, we were the first generation to come up with the internet. Now Gen Z has really taken it and ran with it and turned it into something so much bigger and more fruitful so it's cool it's a cool place to be definitely i agree i also think my, my sister also keeps me in the loop as well she's been uh, she's uh what's how old is she now 14 she just turned 14 on uh february so she keeps me a little bit more relevant as well so yeah you're right it's not just an age thing it's also just are you staying connected right and i think that's the word that we always use in uh, just behavioral health and and prevention is like connection connection is key and i love how you brought up like how can i connect with these youth if is it the jays is it the tattoos is it just knowing the social media outlets that they're using right and i think a lot of adults when they get to become adults, they forget how important that connection is. Even when they have their own child, they forget that, oh, I was once a child too, right? And I just did a presentation for a Central Arizona project out in uh, Deer Valley. And it was kind of cool to see them light up when I told them, hey, you got to tap into that eight-year-old self that you've been suppressing for a long time and uh, go ahead and let it out and let your youth know that, hey, I was once 14, 15 years old. And maybe it doesn't sound like, it sounds weird to say it like that, but you know, a lot of youth will sit there and be like, ah, I don't want to hear about when you were 16, but it doesn't have to be that talk. It can be like, oh, yeah, I remember I made that mistake. <laughs> when I time. was your age. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the token, I had to walk uphill both ways in six feet of snow with one shoe carrying my sister. Oh, yeah. like, or what your parents ate for lunch. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The no. constant comparison right it doesn't yeah. have to be a comparison like i went through this what are you complaining about and you're right mm-hmm. we get a mortgage and a car payment and all of a sudden we're not fun anymore and that's not the way that it has to be yeah not at all not at all and z i know that we're really calling out what comes so naturally to you but maybe our listeners are are tuning in and they might not be down with all of the trends and the lingo and you know it's like what advice do you have for parents, moms, dads listening in to say, hey, in order for me, because you'd use the word connection in order for me to connect and me reminding myself of me being a teenager once, like, do you have any other advice for parents to relate to their kids or other kids to become that safe adult? Yeah, I have a, I have a lot. You got, you got time today? I got time today to let y'all know. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> uh, I think the first one, man, is like I, I think we say it often, but I don't think we practice it very often. Is a uh, being able to listen, listen to your youth. I think that's so important. They'll tell you what they're into if you give them the time of day. But if you stop and close it down and they're like, oh, I don't want to hear about that, or oh, just, just not right now, and I'm, I'm too bit like. They'll never tell you anything about what's happening within their lives or what they're interested in. So I would just say, listen, everybody loves this saying. My my dad taught me this saying, my mom too. It's like, you got two ears, one mouth, use them proportionally. As adults, we tend to, to use our mouth a lot and be like, didn't I tell you? Or why don't you talk to me anymore? Or I, I don't trust you. And we're not really listening, it seems like, as adults anymore to our youth. And it comes from, you know, of course, trauma and how you were raised back in the day to just, you know, respect authority and whatever that case may be. But these youth are different. They're different today. They want to ask you why. They want to know, why do you want to take my phone away for X, Y, Z, right? And they challenge that. And I think as as adults, we got to be okay with that. And there's some point where it's like disrespectful for sure, but we have to let them be able to get that off because I know for me, if I was raising kids right now, I don't want them to be a yes man or a yes woman. I want them to be, okay, why? 
tell me why I should do this. You know what I mean? And that, that builds assertiveness, right? And that builds a backbone for that youth that they're not going to give in to. So when a friend tells them, hey, do you want to go hit this vape pen? They're like, you know what? No, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right off that because they're able to build that assertiveness with you and set those boundaries and being able to, as adults, respect our youth's boundaries as well. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. Can I just say something around that? Because mm -hmm. I'm a mom and I catch myself often. I have to remember that they're experiencing life at this age every single day. It's new to them. Where for me, I have a lot more experience. We're old or, heads. You know, as he <laughs> pointed out, we old. But I have to remember that it's new for them. So me catching myself or having the awareness around listening, even if I think whatever they say is dumb or I want to be like, oh, my gosh, it's not that big of a deal to them. It is a big deal. So I love the call out around saying listening is so important and that you have to use them proportionately. I think that's such a, a really beautiful analogy and something that I'm going to walk away with from this conversation around man. I definitely use my mouth a lot more than my ears around my children. That's for dang sure. And I'm working on it. I'm practicing it because not only do I get to teach a lot of the skills that you're about to say to us, but I also need to I need to practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that Mary loves to challenge our girls when we're with them is question everything. Yes. You got to, in order for you then to say, is this serving me? Is this healthy? Is it unhealthy? So I love that you equally pointed that out. And that's a call out around, hey, you're developing assertiveness in your kids because when we as adults are not around and they're up against, peer pressure and whatever else to make poor decisions. Our hope is that, you know, they know who they are and they can question like, is this decision going to hurt me or is it going to hinder me? Is it cool for me? Whatever that is. So anyway, thanks for sharing that because you not only work with girls, but you work with boys too. You're in it with the kids. And I love having you on because you get to speak from both genders and perspectives. And I just want to point out, too, that by listening is creating the assertiveness, right? So there's always a ripple effect of doing this one thing, and it helps them then grow up and practice these other skills. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I can agree with y'all more than that. I love it. I love it. Tell us another thing or what, what you were going to say something. And I was like, hang on, I want to, I want right. to unpack this a little bit. Of course. And I think the one thing I was going to, the other what thing else? I was going to share with yeah. you guys was just being non-judgmental, right? And I think Jill alluded to this when she was giving me her, her take, but it was just being non-judgmental. Like you said, like, this is the first time your youth is going through this, right? And even if you don't like what they're going to say, even though it might go against what you believe as a person, let them get it off. And be non-judgmental, be, be like, all right, cool. How did that make you feel? Or why did you think that way that you, how you felt, right? It's different than, oh, I never taught you that. Who taught you this? Oh my goodness, right? And being scared. And I think one of the other quotes that I love is that people fear what they don't understand, right? People fear what they don't understand. And with our youth, you have the opportunity to try to understand where they're coming from so we don't have to fear it, right? If we sit there and like, now we're telling all, all our family members about what's happening to Billy and what's happening to Megan, right? Now all these things are like, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Why am I sharing this information when I don't understand and I'm sharing it out of mm -hmm. fear rather than sharing out of trying to search for understanding, right? And I think that's one of the things that the youth tell me the most is that I just have people in my life that judge me. 
and they judge me hardcore and I don't tell them anything. They want to ask me, why don't I tell them these things? It's because they don't understand me and they don't try to understand me. They don't take the time out of the day to understand me. So that makes them more reluctant to share with family members or with other people in their lives. Well, and something that we hear, not just to us personally, but is it feels like an overall sentiment is that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? So with all of these new platforms and outlets for kids to get involved in, parents often say, well, that's not for me, I'm too old, or I can't learn that, I don't have the time, right? It's the age-old excuse for not wanting to take on anything new. It doesn't even just have to be with social media. But in that, like, we just we we close it off right away. We close off the ability to understand something else. And we were watching. It's a great documentary. I'm sure you've watched it. Childhood 2.0. And so if you're in the millennial and up age bracket, right, you grew up with certain fears. The parents had certain things that they said, watch for. Don't take candy from strangers. I mean, put shoes on outside because you might step on that rusty nail. So they speak on things that they don't understand because they're not willing to put in the time to learn what the new dangers are in this day and age. And I am 100% going to say that the dangers, things that kids are facing are more online than they are in person nowadays, right? Yes, I'm worried about kidnapping and, you know, trafficking and all those in-person dangers, but those things stem from online conversations more than they ever have before. And we're missing that. So to tie it back to what you were saying, it's all about the non-understanding, right? My parents don't get me because they don't actually want to try to learn what I'm into, whether it's the music or the social media or why I'm spending time talking to quote unquote friends who I don't know in person. And then they fabricate all of these things that could potentially happen based on their kids being online when they aren't actually taking the time to research those things or get to know about them. So I yeah. love that call out too, because it really does create a divide between generations when we sit here and say, and that's age old too. You just don't understand me. Are we, are we giving it the time and energy and effort to understand our kids? Exactly. I was going to share like, just what you said again, just what does that say about that youth? Like, what does that subconsciously tell that youth that my parents aren't taking the time to understand me? Am I not enough? And I'm not worth it to get to understand. What does that subconsciously say when you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing TikTok. I'm not listening to Playboy Cardi. I'm not listening. Like, why not? Does that tell your youth that I'm not enough? Am I not enough for you to, to try to understand where I'm coming from? So there's also that type of perspective as well from the youth side. It's so good. And I just am reflecting on how I connect with my kids. And it's so much more than just like driving in the car with them. You know, like I try to take as much time as I possibly can to know when I'm distracted or when to get off of my phone or when to shut down my computer. But I get it. Like we are living in this generation where we are more connected to our emails and work and replying to people where it like it takes you away from connecting with your kids. Mm -hmm. And if all you have is time in the car, then it's like, turn off the music and talk or, hey, what's your favorite song? And let's jam while I drive you to your football practice or your basketball game or whatever that is. So it's just making me as a parent reflect on, I got to take advantage of the opportunity to connect with them and let them know that I'm here no matter what, because if I can't talk to them in the little things, they're never going to come talk to me for the big things. Mm -hmm. And it's a practice. It's it's I'm not perfect at it. And that's why I also need people in my community like you, Z, like Mary, when my kids can't come to me that they have you too. Yeah. So it's also building a support of community for your kids too. That's why I love the work that Not My Kid does to put people like you in front of kids who might not have other safe adults. Right. Because I bet you kids come up to you and probably share what they're experiencing and what you know they're holding on to. And man, I can't even imagine what that feels for you, how you then take that on like, man, I, I'm sorry about that. Or have that conversation where you're like, I see you, I value you, and I'm here to let you know it's going to be okay. So thank you, Z, for doing this work. It's so important. And for the parents listening, it's like, these are such easy things that might not come 
you know, like naturally, naturally. It's hard, right? For some parents, because I mean, they have maybe three younger ones or three older ones, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to make. And like, I, I was listening back to Vanessa Baker's VB's episode, and I was like, oh, she's spot on. Like, I, I love Vanessa and how what she talks about. But what worked for one kid isn't going to work for all your mm-hmm. kids, right? All right. our kids are unique and within themselves. So that might have worked with the older one, but the younger one's more persistent. It's more arts and crafts there's more of these things right and how can we accommodate them and understanding that oh they're their own person right and i think i love that 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 kind of sentiment to to parents letting them know that hey not all your kids are going to be the same and that's okay so how can we navigate and connect with our kids and meet them where they're at right and i love that yeah yeah for sure what are the things that kids that you're noticing. So the kids that maybe come up to you after your presentations, or maybe they ask questions in the middle and you get to know them in a different way. What are the biggest call outs or what are the biggest themes that you're noticing that kids are struggling with the most nowadays? Yeah. So uh, as of recently, it's been really interesting to uh, hang out with uh, the youth on in detention centers out in Mojave County. I've been doing that project for about six months now, being going out, going out to Kingman and going to the detention center list and doing these presentations. And these are kind of early intervention stuff that I do with these youth. And it's sad to see them in that kind of environment. But I let them know all the time that this is a reset for them, right? When you're in detention mm-hmm. center, like, hey, you're not dead. You're not in prison. Yo, this is what we can do to reset. This is a reset for you. And when we go into these school or go into detention center and we're talking to them about, you know, family dynamics, we're talking to them about things that they're seeing in their environment, what's culturally acceptable, right? One of the things that the youth always bring up in the detention center is that, well, my parents were doing this. So... I guess I was left to do this as well, right? Maybe it was unhealthy, smoking, stealing things, right? If that's all they know, that's all they're going to be able to see. And that's what they know around them. So that's one of the call outs is that we had to be aware of what we're doing as adults because youth are very observant. They're very observant. They're watching Mm -hmm. everything. They're listening to everything that you're saying. Even when you don't think they're listening, you think they had the little AirPods in they're turned off and they're they're really listening to what you're saying. So being aware of that, being aware of what you're doing and what you're saying, how you're saying it. Another one that I hear a lot from youth is that they're stressed. They're stressed and they're anxious. They're stressed and they're anxious. And by no means am I trying to get political here, but one of the saddest things that I heard from a youth is like, am I next at school? Am I next to be in a mass shooting? Like I can't, I can't fathom going to school right now and figuring out I don't care about this quiz. Is somebody going to bunch into this door right now? Right. And is that, is that going to be it? So they're anxious about going to school. They don't know if they're the next one, right? And people are like, well, that was in Tennessee and this is Arizona. But still, that is a fear that's within our youth and that's the anxiety invoking for them. Another one that I hear is a lot about depression, right? They feel, even though in this world of connectedness, whether it's virtually, whether it's in person, they still feel alone because what they're looking for is for guidance from somebody. They want somebody to guide them. They want structure. A lot of youth crave structure. And we, we think we're being the cool parent, some of us, and we're like, oh, we'll just let them do what they got to do. And I'm the party house or I'm the house that people want to come kick it with for maybe the wrong reasons. But you have to give your youth structure because they're craving it. And you got to give them connection because that's what they want. Because if you're not coming to you for questions or they're not coming to you for guidance, who are they going to? Are they going to Wikipedia? Are they going right. online and seeing their friends TikTok, and seeing what they right. think? To their friends, right. exactly. Right. So that's those are like the three main things that I'm hearing, four main mm-hmm. things that I'm hearing from youth. Oh, yeah. gosh. And it's... We're, we're between a rock and a hard place because social media is awesome. It allows us to connect with people we never would have connected with, right? Doing business in 2023 is incredible because our product stands the chance to be in front of millions of eyes versus, you know, our city back in the day when we advertised through the phone book. Right. And what we know now is one in four kids have an anxiety disorder and one in five have a de- depressive disorder. So the more information that we have isn't made making us more connected or better people in that sense. What it's doing is stressing us out, right? Because now we hear about all the news before. I mean, when we were growing up and there was terrible things that happened, it had to be like really big deals, right? 9-11 comes to mind for me because I remember exactly where I was, 
exactly what I was doing. And it was on every single radio station, every single news outlet. Now we're just cycling through news like it's water, right? It's this here and you can go to this outlet and get this. And we all have different opinions on it. So you can formulate your own by going to an array of different outlets for whatever news you're looking for. And yes, if you don't know how to turn that off and realistically, what we're talking about here are teenagers, right? Their frontal lobe is not fully developed. They don't have the critical thinking skills. They can't really put things, compartmentalize things as well as adults can because we have a fully developed brain. So right. I know when to turn the news off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not watching CNN today. I'm not watching Fox today. I, I can't stand any more things pouring into my brain. I need to shut it off and go do what I need to do to fill my cut back up. And I can totally understand why kids nowadays are so freaked out and have such high levels of anxiety and depression because as parents, especially newer, I want to say newer parents, but the problem is how new social media is. It's within the last, I'd say 11 years now that Instagram has really skyrocketed. You can see it when the smartphone came out, when Instagram came out, they're off the charts, literally <laughs> with, with all of these issues coming to play. We don't know how to deal with that. We don't know how to put guardrails on it. So a lot of parents are more like let's placate let's let's put a screen in front of them so we can get some things done because if we don't do that then we have to be more present and that's more difficult so you know what's a little social media gonna do and i i finally think that the conversation is just starting to turn because we're seeing it right inviting four million of our closest friends into our living room at 8 p.m on a friday night and then not putting boundaries on our kids having cell phones when they go to bed most kids are sitting there saying, well, our parents don't know we're up. We're up until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So we're not getting any sleep. We're comparing ourselves. We're seeing tragedies. All we're doing is boosting cortisol levels. Boom, boom, boom. Hit after hit after hit after hit. Right. So it's a wild time to live in because as good as something is on the opposite end of that spectrum, it's damning. It is damning because we're not stepping in to do anything about it because we don't know how. Well, right. and I was just going to add too like the skills, like the coping, like kids need, I, I mean, what you just shared too, Z is it's heartbreaking. And these kids need skills in order to articulate their fears in order for parents, if their kid isn't coming to them, it's like, how do we meet them where they are and have the right questions to ask them? How did that make you feel? And then yeah. just listen, right? Oh, that was scary for you. Hey, you know what? And then that's where you get to empathize. Yeah, that is super scary. But if we just continue to operate on autopilot or like we're going from zero to a hundred and we don't slow down to ask the questions to our kids, they're never going to learn. And that's when they push down, push down and shove and, you know, and then they don't talk find, anymore. Well, they find other outlets to do it. Absolutely. You said it. It's it's TikTok. It's other friends who know just as much as they do. It's it's a recipe for disaster, right? And we all work with this age demographic, so we see it every exactly. single day, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's also uplifting, right? I've seen you post about getting letters and things from the people right. you've spoken to, which in that sense, it's like, you need to be one adult. That kid might, might have needed one interaction with one person and it changed their entire life. So I like to think that we're all those people. Given that the name of the podcast is What's the Lesson, we wanna hear a little bit more, and this is a big question, so sorry for putting you on the spot, but. Can you recall one instance in your life that was a WTF moment? We all know the expletive that you were able to turn into one of your biggest lessons, your, your WTL moment. Oh, for sure. I think uh, one that reigns true for me, just being in high school, I was going to this, uh, well, eighth grade year, my mom wanted me to test into this private school. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. We'll type into this private school. And I know my what my mom wanted me to do. So I ended up getting tested, doing this private school. And I was like, I got in. I was excited. I was like, okay, cool, we got in. Woo, right? That's a dub. <laughs> but uh, all the all the homies were going to this public school, this public high school, and um, they were going to like live it up, have the time of their life for the next four years, right? And some of my closest homies were going to that public school. And uh, the only reason why I considered going to this private school was because they had a great basketball program. I loved playing ball. That was my thing. People in Tucson know me for playing ball, or maybe they know me for other things that only people in Tucson know me for, but <laughs> I won't get into it. But 
I was excited and maybe a little nervous. I was apprehensive to really go into this private school one because I didn't feel like I belonged there. I felt like I was sticking out like a sore thumb being there. But the only thing that kept me going was playing ball, right? And summer league, I ended up, they had a summer league team that I ended up trying out for. And I was really reluctant to do it. But I was like, just do it. Like, it's, it's fun. Like, you can do club for a month and all this stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. I tried out for the summer league team, made the team. We're having a good time. I'm balling. But at the same time, uh, I just lost my grandfather, right? I lost my grandfather during this time. I just graduated, promoted from eighth grade to freshman year high school and my grandfather passed away in June. So I was excited, but I was also really sad. This was the biggest loss, right? This is a person I've, I didn't envision losing anytime soon. It kind of came out of nowhere and I was grieving. And in this grieving process, what I ended up doing while playing basketball was getting really angry, angry, quick, short-tempered. I wasn't managing my emotions well. So what I ended up doing, we were out in San Diego and I ended up uh, talking smack about the coach because we were losing and I was sitting on the bench. I told my teammate and I'm like, yo, he wants to win. Put me in the game. Like, what's happening? And after the game, we lost. We go to the dorms. I'm talking smack about the coach to all the teammates. So I'm like, coach doesn't know what he's doing. He loves losing. He don't want to win nothing. Like, what the heck am I doing sitting on the bench, right? And having this really ego breakdown, right? And we play summer league team. I didn't even think about it. It kind of like, like kind of blows my mind. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I, I was talking smack. Who doesn't talk smack? So school year rolls around. August rolls around. I'm going to school, going to class. I hate it. I don't like going there. I don't want to be there. But I'm holding on to, to basketball. Like, that's the only thing that's going to get me through this. Basketball is a winter sport. So I'm like, if I make it to October and I make it to tryouts, I'll be okay. I'll be okay because I'll be on the team. Everything will be all right. I'll be able to distract myself. So I go to tryouts. I'm trying out for uh, for this team, for freshman team, and I am sucking. Like I am my, I don't know where my head's at. Like I'm missing layups. I'm making, I'm missing easy passes. I'm doing stupid things. I'm calling out my teammates saying they're messing up when I'm the one messing up and I'm not taking accountability. <laughs> and it was just a mess. So luckily I made it, I was able to make it by the skin of my teeth to the third day of tryouts. Cause I was like, all right, cool. I'm in the bag. I got it. They know me from summer league leading scorer. I was doing all this good. I was showing good leadership for the most part until I had to break down, but they know me. I'll be all right. So uh, third day rolls around. And I remember uh, coach had a list uh, last day. I, I think the last day was my best day. And uh, he had a list of people that he was ready to, to bring onto the team. And so he's calling the list and I'm like, all right, maybe it's an alphabetical order because my name's not first. All right. It's okay. I might be the last one to be called. It's all good. <laughs> so he's breaking it down, breaking it down about 10 people are called and they get their Jersey. I'm like, all right, this is a 12 man roster. I got two slots. All right. Maybe it's definitely alphabetical order. All right. I'm good. So he gets to the last two names and my name isn't called. My name isn't called to make the freshman basketball team. And a lot of people are like, well, MJ didn't make his freshman team. And it's like, no, no, no. MJ didn't make his varsity team as a freshman. He still played JV. So don't get it twisted. When you're playing in Tucson and you don't make the <laughs> freshman team, you're, you don't play basketball. You don't make you don't the team. Yeah, you don't make the team. You don't do anything else. You're sitting on the bench watching your people play. And I had the biggest breakdown at that moment. And it didn't take me until I was maybe 18, 19 years old to really reflect on that moment and figure out that my ego, that my grieving process was what hindered my performance. I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't, that was a significant loss. I didn't have time to internalize it because I was just trying to distract myself and not feel the feelings that I was feeling that caused me to project what I was feeling onto other people and onto the court, which costing me opportunities to play, right? And uh, that was a big, big moment in my life to really figure out that, you know, my emotions do matter. And if I'm not managing them well, and I'm not able to look myself in the mirror and be like, how do I fix this? That it could be a detrimental to not only the people around me, but to myself, right? Now I'm looking mm -hmm. at myself sideways and like, am I an evil person? Am I a bad person? <laughs> but at that time, now I'm being older, realizing that, no, bro, you were just grieving. You were grieving and you didn't open up to anybody about it. And that was the hard thing for me too, was to open up to my family about how much losing my grandfather meant to me and how I was going through it because I felt as an older person, an older sibling, the oldest in my family. Oh, and a boy too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a boy that I, I got to be strong for grandma. I got to be strong for mom and I got to be strong for my dad, right? I got to show him that yeah. I'm okay. And 
we just had a heartfelt conversation about this like maybe six months ago but he was like dude I didn't need you to be strong for me he's like I was crying too mm -hmm. I was going through it and I, I always tell him I was like dang I wish we would have just sat in the bed of the truck and just cried together I think that would have made it mm -hmm. better for me to understand that as a man that we can cry together and we can build each other up and um that's one of the things that I wish totally. he said and he was like man I wish I knew that sooner, but uh, he's like, well, we can just keep, you know, now he knows. And he's like, next time something happens that yeah. big, let's not suppress it. Let's talk about it. So that was a huge lesson for me. And that took me four years to learn from. It took me four years to learn that it wasn't a, after that event happened, I wasn't like, oh, I was really grieving. It was like process of getting into and it. Gosh. You're right. one of the lucky ones because four yeah. years in the grand scheme of things mm -hmm. is is not a long time. So when you said mm -hmm. 18, 19, I was really surprised to hear that you were introspective on the fact that as the prophet Beyonce said, you had a big ego, right? right. <laughs> and it, it takes people years. Some people go to their grave not understanding that they were the ones that were in their own way. So for our listeners out there, two things out of that one. Are you doing things because you want to be right? Are your actions based in your ego? Or are you doing things to better yourself and your family? Mm -hmm. And second, talk about your damn emotions. Like yeah. get it out on the table. Talk don't about them with your kids. Don't too. suppress them because if you suppress them, they're gonna suppress them. And that's very clear in that story, right? If you don't have a household that's open about what you're going through, what you're experiencing, your kids are gonna grow up that way. Cause like I always say, you are not raising kids, you're raising adults and what they learn from you in their childhood, they're gonna carry into their adulthood and it's going to wreak havoc on relationships and situations as adults. So Z, Z, thank you so much. This was so an good. incredible conversation. We're so excited for our listeners to get to know you. We're gonna link your Instagram. You've got a great Instagram where you talk a lot about this stuff on your stories and in your posts. You also have a podcast with your dad, which I think would be very valuable for our community to tune into. This is kind of a new venture for you guys, but you share so much hope and so much similarities in the work you're doing in two totally different areas. So. We'll make sure that our audience gets a little snippet of who you are, where you're, where you're speaking, but thanks so much for coming on and just being open to the conversation today. Totally. And oh, this yeah. is part one of us connecting because part two is going to be with dad. It would be really cool because I know that you are who you are from your family. And I think that would be a really cool conversation to bring him on and really get into the the father son dynamic and, and what you guys how you were raised and, and how those values are still really who you are today, because your dad is equally such an incredible person, but you really learned a lot through the household and your mama too, of course, but I think that would be a really cool conversation on deck, we can say on deck next time. <laughs> <laughs> I love but we're it. We're so grateful for you. Thanks so much, Z. Well, thank you all for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak and talk to your followers and the people that you rock with. So I'm happy. I hope they get they take something away from this podcast episode. I appreciate y'all. Of course. They absolutely will. And until next time, you guys, we'll see you on What's the Lesson. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, pose questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. 